0: Welcome to the Everyday Innovator Podcast for product managers, leaders, and innovators. Your host is Chad McAllister, helping you become a product master. Listen and get ready for higher performance for the doctor is in.
1: Hi, this is Chad, and this is where product leaders and managers become product masters, gaining practical knowledge, influence, and confidence, so you'll create products customers love. In this discussion, we share ideas and experiences for getting more benefits from product management and how you can help with that, regardless if your organization supports product management now or not. To help us with that is someone who has helped made it happen, increasing the visibility and effectiveness of product management in different types of organizations. Her name is Monica Murgeson, and she is vice president of product management at Sentinel Energy. She focuses on portfolio roadmaps, innovation, strategy, and customer success, and she's here to help us now. But first, remember, we take notes for you. If you want the written details of all we talk about, maybe something easy for you to share with your colleagues or just for you to go back to, you'll find that at the slash 334, including a simple one-page action guide to help you take action on these concepts now. Now, let's talk with Monica. Monica, thank you for joining the Everyday Innovator podcast.
0: Thank you, Chad. Glad to be here.
1: I am glad to be talking because uh, you have some good experience for us. You are a product VP. And I want to hear about some of that responsibilities that you have there and also kind of your experience uh, getting into product management and seeing different environments. I think that will be really helpful for the listeners. First, how did you find yourself in product management?
0: Well, that's an interesting story. You know, that's one cool thing about product managers. Everyone has an interesting background on how they got into product management. I started my career as a software developer, so I have an engineering degree, and I started my career as embedded software engineer. It was great, you know, getting a spec on what you should be doing and writing code every day was fun, but there was something curious in me, always wanted to know what's happening on the other side of the development fence, why are we developing these products? Why are we not developing the other ideas? And why are some successful? Why are some products not successful in certain geographical areas? A lot of the business side questions that kind of intrigued me to go into MBA program. So I got my MBA. And that journey kind of took me to international business development, which was great fun establishing new routes for the company in different geographical locations. Again, there was something missing in that role. That was the technical side was missing. It was pure business. And that's where I stumbled into product management, which is a beautiful blend of business skills, technical skills, and also the people interaction. I, I would say it's, it's a great, great way to find what I wanted to do after all stumbling into all the different ways of doing things.
1: That's a really good way to describe it, that interaction of the technical expertise and knowledge and the business perspectives and also very customer centric, right? The the people Mm -hmm. aspect of this. So really, really good. Okay. And then just because you are a product VP, help us understand a little bit about what that role is like. What are your responsibilities?
0: So as a VP of product management, my role is to ensure as a company, we are building the right product at the right time. I look at the industry trends, market trends, understand where the customer challenges are today and also the future. I look at how we can bring in innovations from different industry to this industry. Overall, thinking about growth strategy, future strategy, and most importantly, communicating that to all divisions and aligning this strategy across the teams and making sure we are all going towards the same goal.
1: Good. Yeah. So a very strategy-driven sort of role.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When I've talked to product VPs and CPOs, they also often talk about uh, growing product managers. I don't know if that's an aspect of your responsibilities or not.
0: Absolutely. Yes. That is uh, definitely a key responsibility to make sure I have uh, product managers who are, you know, going mile deep into the product's product capabilities, understanding the market, and understanding the same challenges about what's the industry challenges or where where the industry is moving, continuously growing that product management team is also my responsibility. Yes.
1: Thanks for sharing that. For product managers that aren't product VPs, it's always interesting to hear about the different perspectives and what that job is like, because a lot of us want to move into that at some place, sometime. Mm -hmm. When we were talking about doing this interview, you you shared some interesting experiences that I thought would be really good for us to focus on. And that was how product management is, kind of the importance of product management different organizations place on it. And you have been in uh, organizations where product management is really an honored discipline, right? kind of takes center stage. Maybe product driven organizations and contrast that with organizations where it's not so much a a function, right? And and you can describe it the way that relates to your experience. I think it'd be really helpful to to talk through that a little bit. First, why don't we start where probably the the kind of organization we all want to be in as product managers (laughs) is where it really is honored as a discipline. What was that organization like? How was that structured?
0: So in organizations where the product management function is understood and the value of what product managers bring to the table is understood, they are usually organized as a separate function. They are organized, the group of product managers, they either report to the chief product officer or the CEO. So they get that uh, big picture understanding of the company strategy so that can be uh, drilled down to the individual product portfolio strategy. So they are both aligned and you have the long term strategic vision.
1: I think we all want to be in that environment, right? So uh, one of the reasons why people get into product management is so they can have more influence and really understand what how the business works mm-hmm. and having that bigger uh, picture of the strategy is important for them. What is it like then being a product manager in that environment, right? We, we could take this lots of different ways. You know, how, how do you excel in that environment? What does it look like? Just, just help us through what kind of to expect.
0: You know, a product manager is someone who builds the right product and releases it in the right time, right? And to do that, you need to know what is the right product to build, and always make sure you can build that with the available resources and also can build that in that time window so you are getting this product to the market on time. And PM role is that one role who interacts with every single division in the company. I cannot think of anyone else who will be interacting with finance, marketing, sales, customers, quality, manufacturing, if you're working in a hardware product, and then finance. Or did I mention finance? the Engineering. So this is that one function that works with every fun- every. For division in the company and to be product manager mm-hmm. in that product centric uh, company it is like some you have to be on top of everything you have to be a great time management you have to be a great time management expert because the buck stops with you right if there is a quality challenge it's the product managers responsibility if there is a supplier uh, issue it is our responsibility to find an alternate part if there is, a, there is a challenge with the, you know, the engineering side, we give them direction on where to do, what to do next, and uh, where to go from there. So that is how, you know, if you are in an organization where it is product management centric, you need to be on top of things. You need to make sure you manage your time and you have that excellent communication skill so you keep everyone in the loop and handle the problems and solve the problems for others so that your product can be successful.
1: In my mind, I always have the image of a bicycle wheel, right? The, oh. the product manager being in the center, being the hub, and then all the spokes out to the different functions of the organization. And we really have to work cross-functionally. Mm-hmm. And what I like about your that description there is with the product manager having the responsibility, they also have a little more freedom to guide, right? And and sometimes we start going down paths that we realize are not going to serve the customer or the company and in some organizations you're kind of stuck right you're mm-hmm. down the path and you don't want really to have the freedom to do anything else I, i've talked with lots of organizations that say you know basically once a project gets started in development it never gets killed right we're, we're yeah. going to bring it to market no matter what hopefully we in that sort of product-centered organization we have a little bit more capability to influence when we know things aren't going in the right direction Mm -hmm. that we can put resources where we need them
0: yeah Mm -hmm.
1: that's really good and i think uh, we would like to be in that environment where product management is a is is its own function maybe there's a chief product officer that's part of the c-suite so we -hmm. see that more and more times We'll talk more with Monica in a moment. Being more effective and improving performance is what organizations need from their product managers. Making that happen creates many benefits that improve product management performance. To accomplish this, organizations are choosing the Rapid Product Mastery Experience, the RPM Experience. This is a facilitated nine-week journey meeting virtually for 75 minutes a week I take groups of product managers and organizations on this journey, building a broad foundation of product management knowledge, getting everyone moving together while also improving collaboration and renewing a focus on the customer. Product managers feel empowered and more confident about their work and how they create value for customers and their organization. And it's not just for product managers, it's for anyone involved in product work. The RPM experience is really unique, unlike any other training you've seen. Because of collaboration, it creates buy-in that results in real change and improvement. Check it out at theeverydayinnovator.com/rpm. Let's talk to understand if it will help you too. Now, back to more insights with Monica. But what about the other side of this coin, right? When we're in an organization where product management isn't particularly honored or recognized, and maybe we even just have project management Mm -hmm. going on instead.
0: By just definition of what product managers do, it is not an easy job, right? Because you are the CEO of the product, but without any positional authority. So it 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 is a challenging role because you are using a lot of your influential capacity there, it gets tougher if nobody knows what you're doing or if they keep thinking that you are either in marketing or you're a project manager. That's definitely a challenge. So in such organizations where product management is not well understood, usually the PM role kind of blurs between project management and the outbound marketing role. PMs are usually in, embedded under engineering teams or under marketing teams where they are more focused on the outbound marketing It is definitely a tougher position to be in where when your peers do not recognize or understand the necessity of what product managers do and more think of you as somebody who moves the project along in the development cycle or puts together the outbound collateral to make the product successful.
1: How do we excel in such an environment then? If this is the environment we have, maybe it's not the one that we want, and maybe we're younger in our product management careers, and we actually you know, don't know what different structures might look like. How do we do still maintain, you know, we have all that responsibility of trying to create a product that brings value to customers and none of the actual authority to go along with it. How do we work in this environment?
0: So in such organizations, building credibility with your market expertise and also your technical expertise helps. Particularly when you're reporting to an engineering leader, speaking about the technical side of the product and sharing your knowledge as a technical expert improves your credibility. I teach my teams about influencing with 3H, head, heart, and hand. So influencing with logical reasoning, that is you're influencing with head. Influencing with mutual benefit, that you're influencing with hand and influencing with an emotional connection, that's influencing with head. So influencing with uh, head means like showing in the engineering team, what is the logical reason behind why we need to do this project? And particularly if you're talking to an engineering leader or engineering teams, that logical reasoning, the data bringing in more backup data to say why this is the direction that's best for the product, the portfolio, the company, whatever topic you're talking about really helps. That's the influencing with that logical reasoning. That's the one with the head Mm -hmm. and influencing with uh, the hand. it usually works if you are working with sales organization where you are showing the mutual benefit when we do something. So, Hey, there is a mutual benefit. If we agree upon this strategy, And uh, it's more like a partnership. Let's go into this, let's agree upon the strategy because we mutually benefit if we go on this direction. So that's that influencing with hands. So it's like a business deal, you're shaking hands on that business deal. And the last one Mm. really works well with the individual contributors and the engineering team is influencing with uh, with the heart. That's the emotion. It particularly works. I'm in the power industry, the electric power industry, so I can, it really connects with people how important the products they build are. But usually that really helps because you are showing the developers the big picture of how the products they build help people, uh, whether it is making life, making people's life efficient or whether it is in, in improving people's quality of life, tying what they do to that big picture, influencing that with that emotional uh, attachment of they are not just putting the bricks together, but they are building a castle, that definitely uh, helps that uh, the third way of influencing. So I talk about this as influencing with 3H.
1: The, the 3H, I like that. And par- part of that is the people we need to influence mm-hmm. are all different, right? And so, so some will respond to one of those H's more than, than another one, right? And so... For example, when you're talking about trying to engage the engineers emotionally, having a customer share their actual story and problem and challenges with existing products can be really powerful and and help have more influence through through the customer's words, not just your words as a product manager.
0: So that's a great example, right? Like anytime you go to a conference or you go to customer visits and you hear positive quotes about the product or the solution your engineers put together... Share that firsthand with the developer who was part of that program. That's a great way to show them how what they did is directly impacting the customers. And the same thing with the NPS survey feedback, too. So definitely do share anything that you're hearing from those survey feedback directly with the engineers, too.
1: It strikes me as you were talking about that, that the the skills related to... The product managers that's in the organization where it's not really recognized as a, a discipline or function, but all the skills still in terms of building credibility with those that we serve, right? Marketing and engineering, maybe, and other functions as well. Establishing that trust, being able to communicate and influence those that we need to influence, still are important regardless of the structure, right? It's just that in the first structure we talked about, where it's center stage, the, it's been there's kind of credibility built in, right? Be, mm-hmm. Because it's been recognized that product management is important. And when it's, that's not the case, then we kind of need to take that on as product managers. But all the same activities still really apply. you got to have those relationships in place with the other functions and build trust with them and demonstrate how you're adding value to the problem.
0: And if there are opportunities like maybe organizing brown bag lunch, uh, where you can share these customer stories uh, with the engineering team or even sales team to build more credibility of what you're bringing, how you are, the connection between the company and the customers that's a great way to share your your role with the company
1: and for some of us in organizations we don't really have that strong connection with customers yet right and and we need to find ways to get introduced with customers like the the sales channel might be one way and building Mm -hmm. some some relationships with with sales and the value that you can bring to those customers that might help you what do you think about that
0: Yes, definitely establishing that relationship with sales so that you get introduced to the customers. It's very important because you cannot build the next product sitting at your desk. All the innovative ideas are out there at the customer site when you see your customers in action. That's when you get most of your uh, idea sparks. So it's definitely very important to establish that connection with your sales peers so they uh, take you along when they go on sales calls and you observe customers in action.
1: Yeah. And my experience has been at least in organizations where the salespeople are involved in longer term relationships with customers, particularly B2B type organizations, they want to bring additional resources out to help the customer. And so as long as you can build some trust with the salesperson, that you're basically not going to somehow jeopardize that existing relationship that they have, that you can add value, it's not hard to get get invites. Sometimes there's this tension between what we do in product work and what we do, what happens in sales, partly because sometimes we recognize salespeople over promise on things that we're actually not ready to deliver yet. But we do need their help to get access to customers at times. Yes, Yeah. Okay. And I, I like the brown bags uh, lunch suggestion as well. Um, that's a great way to also just talk about how, what, what happens in product work mm-hmm. and help others understand what's going on there too. So, so th- this is an interesting question that comes up quite a bit. Where does product management live, right? And so the, the, f- the first thing we explored, you know, the, the chief product officer, we're seeing that more and more, mm-hmm. but it, that's only in the last few years, you know, for a lot of organizations, and typically did tend to be more aligned either as you said with engineering or with marketing and not its own function what are your th- if you're in an organization where it's aligned under one of those what are your thoughts on which one it should be aligned with
0: there are pros and cons in every organization structure right like if you mm-hmm. are embedded inside engineering you get to be more technical product manager because you're working so closely with the engineering team. You understand their challenges. You understand all the innovative ideas they are coming up with, so that you can make it part of your product soon. That's definitely an advantage when you are embedded as part of engineering team. And if you are organized separately, there is that big picture thinking, which was not, which is not easily possible if you are embedded under uh, engineering. So you are aligned more with the company's long-term vision and you are setting up strategy for your portfolio that aligns with that long-term company strategy. So there is an advantage uh, being that way too. So there are always pros and cons, but if you want that ideal output from a product management function, having that separate so that they have that direct connection with the leader of the organization and your engineering and sales are all your peers, is the best way to get the most out of the product management function
1: yeah and more and more organizations are becoming product driven organizations right that they're recognizing they're not just this collection of often siloed functions Mm -hmm. they're creating products for customers and that's how they generate revenue
0: right
1: and when it's organized under engineering right if it's an engineering driven organization maybe there's you know some benefits there but you don't see everything and you get controlled through an engineering lens if it's organized under marketing you tend to kind of just deal with what happens after the product launch, right? Mm -hmm. The the product somehow gets created in the company and handed off to you in a sense, and you deal with it in the marketplace then as its own function, probably also not perfect, but you you have more purview over everything that's going on and the strategy that's driving those decisions.
0: Absolutely, and if you are embedded inside engineering, you're not limited by this is what we can do and this is what we cannot do, right? Like you are more driven if you are all by yourself, You are more driven by what the market needs, not what the engineering resources capabilities are. You're building something for the market.
1: Right. And that may open up some other options to you as well, right? Mm -hmm. If you run into an engineering limitation and you're a separate function, then you might look at ways of solving that limitation, Mm -hmm. right? Maybe there's an acquisition we could do, some other ways of solving this problem. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I think this is helpful to think about. For listeners, where you sit in the organization now, how you're aligned, and uh, what does that give you in terms of the level of influence you have as a product manager, and uh, maybe what relationships you need to build that will help you in the future as a product manager. Okay, Monica, that is all very helpful. As listeners know, we do like innovation quotes as well. What is the quote that you brought for us and tell us what that one means to you?
0: The essence of strategy is choosing what not to do. This is by Michael Porter. I like this quote because I do use this a lot with my team. (laughs) Because as PMs, as product managers, we get ideas from all directions. We are like the radio antenna. No matter which way you tune in, you get signal, right? So you get ideas from sales, marketing, your customers directly, your peer product managers, or your engineering team. So you get ideas from all directions. We are never short on good ideas. But we are always short on resources. (laughs) So as product managers, we need to clearly decide on this is what we are going to do. And more importantly, this is what we are not going to do. That's very important to decide that because all ideas are great on paper. But let's decide what is it exactly that we want to do and set aside things that are just distractions.
1: This is, frankly, what sucks the life out of a lot of people in organizations, right, is that we have more opportunities, more ideas, more work to be done than there is actual resources and time to do that. How... Yeah, you know, so for product managers that often it comes down to a priority issue. How do we prioritize the options in front of us? How how do you do that in your, in your role or suggestions for for how to how to tackle this problem? How do you say no to things in a way that is reasonable and lets you maintain the focus on strategy?
0: Saying no is a very difficult thing. People want to people want to say yes to to ideas, but You can soften the blow when somebody's saying, uh, when somebody's giving you ideas and you want to say no, you can always soften the blow by saying, hey, we are not doing this, but look at this. We are doing something else. This is going to be better for the product or the company. So you can always add a but and explain why we are not doing that. But, you know, selecting that priority, making that, prioritizing your ideas, it is going to be very, uh, very much dependent on what's in front of us. What are all the opportunities and what are the limitations? What are the current market conditions? How does this align with the entire company vision? It all matters. So you need to add multiple input in that formula to decide how you're going to set your priorities right. Definitely do not decide something just tactical. Right? It has to be a balance between tactical and long-term strategic ideas. So you are balancing both your current revenue and your future revenue ideas. And you're also making sure if you are saying no to something, there is a good reason on why you are saying no to that, so that if that is something you want to evaluate later down the lane, you can bring that back up and you document your understanding at that time, so you're not redoing your research.
1: The issue of prioritizing is huge for us to be able to focus on the right work, and there's Very big economic advantages to organizations when they can get products out sooner. Mm -hmm. And we do that by working on fewer projects, right? And and at one time. And having some structure there, a lot of teams will use some kind of of scorecard to help prioritize. And I usually look at that through a lens of, you know, what's important to the business. So that's those strategic objectives that you talked about, lining to that. What is technically capable of us to be able to get done, right? And maybe technical risk. And then the feasibility, which we might look at from a number of ways, you know, can we finance it? Do we have the resources? Is it something we should be doing versus someone else? So those sort of things. So, but we, this is a key issue for listeners for sure is prioritizing what to work on. And I love the quote there that the the essence of strategy, make sure I get this right. The essence of strategy is choosing what not to do. Mm -hmm. So we do have to get good at saying no to things in a way that is acceptable. So that's excellent. For listeners that want to just find out more about the work that you're doing, maybe uh, reach out to you, how can they do that?
0: You can search me on LinkedIn by my full name, Monica Murgeson. I'm there on LinkedIn. I do also have a uh, product management coaching and interview coaching company, Apex Specialist. Again, if you go to my LinkedIn profile and search for Apex Specialist, uh, you can get a link to my uh, website as well. Product management is a great discipline, and I'm happy to find that you know destination. Through trying different uh, career options, it is one of the fastest growing job in US, and it is the most promising career also because of you are pr- you are pretty much using your influential capacity to do the role. So it is definitely a, a great way to stretch your uh, stretch your capabilities there. I've met a lot of individuals who are in that crossroads who are coming from engineering or marketing. They want to try this product management. So that's what I like to do, help them transition from wherever their backgrounds are into product management. Something I like to do in my spare time.
1: With that abundance of spare time that I'm sure you have. Tell us just a bit more about that coaching. That's really, really interesting. So it sounds like you're involved in helping people move into product management. What, What other aspects do you help with?
0: It is more for somebody who has been in the industry for four or five years, and they feel like they want to do more than what they are doing. So I have coached sales, uh, somebody from sales background, somebody from the marketing background. Many of them I have coached are from engineering background. They want to go into that product management discipline, They but they don't know what they should do. How do, how they should venture into this. Should they start as an associate product manager or how their past experience can be transferred into product management? So that's where I come in and then help them understand the full big picture of what product managers do and also help them understand whatever their background uh, is, what, uh, what they have done in their current role. How does that translate into product management functions? So they're not really starting from scratch. They are already ahead because they are bringing something fresh to the table.
1: Yeah, I think that's really important is to make that link between the experiences that they have to what they want to go to next. Mm -hmm. And that's valid for all of us wherever we are, Mm -hmm. right? So for a product manager now, we want to move into more of a leadership role. We're we're working towards a CPO role role maybe. How can we leverage that experience we have now and really position it in a way to help us with that path to where we want to go. Mm-hmm. And, and what I find is, I'm sure you have found this too, for people that are interested in product work, likely they have things in their background that already represent product management. They just don't know to talk about them that way. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. just pretty much speaking in product management terms.
1: Yeah. So if they've done anything to understand customers' problems, well, gosh, that's a part of product management, right? So
0: Yes. Product managers are like jack-of-all-trades, Right. No matter what your trade is, yes, you can be product manager. We can teach you.
1: Which is one reason why we like the role. We get to do a lot. Monica, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for the quote. And I will make sure that those links are also in the show notes so people can find them easily.
0: Thank you, Chad. Thank you for having me in your podcast.
1: Thanks again for listening. This is where product leaders and managers become product masters, gaining practical knowledge, influence, and confidence so you'll create products customers love. Find the written notes of our discussion with Monica at theeverydayinnovator.com slash 334. Keep innovating.
0: Thank you for listening to The Everyday Innovator, which teaches product managers to become product masters. For more resources, please visit theeverydayinnovator.com.